You're listening to Inside of You. That was an aggressive intro. Maybe we start over. No? Do you know how I usually go? You're listening to Inside of You. I just did something different. I brought a little energy to it. Maybe we'll get a vote. Do you guys like the calmer, you're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum? Or do you like the big one? You're listening. Now, see, it's, it's mellow. They like the mellow one. They don't want an excited Rosenbaum. Who wants an excited Rosenbaum? My dad sure didn't. Oh, I was, you know, probably annoying. Oh, in the ass ADD. What the hell is this kid doing bouncing off the fucking walls? It's been a day, man. It's been a day, folks. Uh, I usually take things in stride. Today is the first day in 250 days that I didn't meditate in the morning. I just woke up late, wrong side of bed. I, I, mean, I cried a few times this week. <laughs> I've just been, it's been a, a lot, but I'm going to meditate right after we're done with this podcast. And boy, am I going to need it. But uh, yeah, it's just been, t- you know, I, I went to the Ronald McDonald house and it's been on my mind and I go every other Tuesday and I, you know, bring movies and pizzas and stuff like that. And I met this kid and we just connected and his mom was there and, you know, it's terminal cancer and he was a big Smallville fan. I just connect, I connected with him. I couldn't stop talking to him. I, could, I was interested in him. He was just a great kid and great positive energy. And I, I gave him my number and his mom, my number, and I've been texting with him. And he went through a huge surgery yesterday morning. It didn't go as planned. You know, but he's a tough kid and, um, I'm not a big prayer. I believe in like, you know, Hey, there's many people who need more things than I do. My prayers, I'm, I don't need to pray for superficial shit. So this was one of the first times I did pray. And I said, Hey man, it's one of those exorcist moments where I was like, take me, take me. I really was. I was like, fuck man, this kid deserves life. He deserves um, happiness. And he's, uh, I'll tell you, for someone who goes going through all this shit, he's tough as hell. He's a cheerleader. He's great. Showed me some backflips he's doing on video. He's just a good kid. Preston, if you're listening, uh, I love you, buddy. And you're, uh, you're in my mind. You're in my heart. And uh, let's beat this freaking thing, man. So great. We got a great show today. Um, before I get going on that, I'll just throw out a few things. Thank you to all the patrons and my, my patrons out there in the outro. I'm going to, of course, say your names. And by the way, uh, the questions I'll ask my patrons, uh, a certain, the certain tiers get to ask questions for the guests. So, uh, you know, we pick certain questions. And so if we didn't pick yours, it's going to happen the next time. And, you know, it's just a, it, it's, it's a process, as the Canadians say, a process, Ryan. That's <laughs> yep. what they say, process. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, everyone else says process, yeah. No, we say process. They say we process. We say process. Yeah. So... Uh, and also, yeah, that, that's, that's what I'll say about that. Um, a lot of good things coming up, um, going to Richmond for, uh, for a Smallville, uh, convention there, GalaxyCon on J- uh, February 28th, 29th. And then I'm going to Jason Manns who produced the album, my album left on Laurel. And we're going to do a live stage on, uh, next Sunday night, which is the 29th or 1st. Th- what is that? Whatever the fuck, you know what it is. Go look on stage and check it out if you want to watch. All right, this just came in. This is news. I'm doing a live podcast. I've been tweeting you guys out there and telling you that I might do it. My first live podcast is going to be in Austin, Texas. I'm very excited. It's at the North Door, 7 p.m., March 31st, Tuesday. My guest is Zach Levi. You know him from Shazam. He's been on the podcast. I'm so excited he's my first guest. Tickets right now, if you go online before they sell out, 25 bucks in Austin at the North Door. Uh, you can go to insideofyoulive.com slash. So you could find it there. It will redirect you to that event bright link uh, for the live podcast. Inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum live in Austin, Texas at the North Door, 7 p.m. with Zach Levi. 
Uh, I hope you guys check it out. Also, you can go to the website marginwalkerpresents.com and that will redirect you there. It's M-A-R-G-I-N walkerpresents.com if you can't find it. But you'll be able to find it. I'm going to post it on my links. So a live podcast in Austin. I'll also be in Mexico uh, later in the month in the month of March with Tom doing a little Smallville nights and all that stuff. So uh, a lot of cool stuff going on. Um, what else, man? Like I said, crazy week, but uh, you just keep moving. You just keep moving, and you're grateful. Like the thing that keeps you moving is like you see a guy like Preston. It's like, really, dude, you're gonna worry about your bad day? What was you? What was so bad about your day, Michael? That's how you feel when you see you know you see other people suffering and dealing with big problems. You're like. Take it in stride, man. Take it fucking stride, Rosenbaum. Jeez, dude. The guests today on the show are um, Brian and Gianna Welch. You know Brian from Corn. It was the one of the biggest uh, days when he left the band, and people are like, why did he leave? And it's an amazing story. And for those of you who are like, he left to find God, and are kind of like, oh, why would I want to listen to this? Well, you do want to listen to this because this is a fascinating story really about not only a guy, but his daughter who, um, you know, he wasn't hurting himself by doing all these drugs and things that he's so open about. And, uh, but his daughter's here with him and it gets emotional, man. It got emotional. And were you uncomfortable? No, but it was, it was kind of tough to hear because you, you sort of hear about the effects of the rock star lifestyle Ooh. on the family. I mean, cause I'm, I'm sitting next to him and he's got all his, the tattoos everywhere and I'm sort of looking at those, but then you can also see, you know, the effects of his daughter. And uh, like, yeah. It, it clashes. Yeah. But the it vulnerability. It was, it was interesting. And I really, uh, appreciate Brian and Jana. big shout out to, um, Chris Dowling for hooking that up. Chris Dowling, great director, friend of mine, uh, great guy hooked me up with Brian and um, they came over and they did a documentary, which we'll talk about what you guys need to see. It's pretty, uh, pretty amazing and inspirational. And I think uh, you guys are going to really enjoy this interview. So why don't we right now, why don't we get inside of Brian and Gianna Welch? It's my point of view. You're listening to inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. Like most musicians, especially if you're in a band like Korn, like how are you not half deaf? They what? are. <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, I wear earplugs every show. These fools, Jonathan Davis, our singer, James Schaefer, Monkey, the guitar player, they don't wear earplugs. Ever? Ever. Well, they gotta be deaf. I don't get it. I mean, they gotta be. But you don't see any, like, you don't ever notice, like I said, hey, three times and they didn't hear it? <clears throat> that's incredible because you're loud. That's a loud band. Corn's loud. It's louder than any band. Certainly louder than Air Supply. <laughs> Do you know who Air Supply is? Uh, I think I've heard. Sing a song, song from Air Supply. I'm all out of love. Okay, yeah. you got it. That's it. I was doing the verse. Brian uh, Philip Welch. Does anybody ever call you Brian Philip Welch? Or they just call you Head. Uh, my mom calls me Head, and uh, no, they don't. My friends call me Brian. Phillip That's Welch. not true at all. Oh, the other way around. Yeah, it's the other way around. Does your mom ever say I hate when they call you Head? When she gets mad, she's like Head. She does not. No. No. I'm See, a liar. You and I have same facial structures. We both have just longer faces. People said I read somewhere where 
What? Look at my head. I have a longer. It's messed up. I have a big head. You know how many times people tell me I have a big head, and that's how you were named head because your bandmates or whatever told you that your head didn't look like it belonged in your body because it was too big. I don't think that's the case because you're taller and it works. But I'm saying that's that's the same thing with me. I've always had like people have said you got a big head, dude. Really? Always. Ryan, do I have a big head? Of course. Don't grow a beard because it makes your face look longer, and I just do it anyway. Because you don't care, do you? I don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> so what about uh? <laughs> no here's what happened my my head grew before my body grew in when i was a teenager so my wow. head like turned into an adult and my body was still a 12 year old it was like yeah but so now i'm you know i've grown since then janae you have a perfect head oh thank you you know the combination of genes between your mom and dad her mom has a, a skinny face too kind of not long but kind of skinny so i don't know where you got it I got her crooked nose, so I mean, she's. I don't think you have a crooked nose, but let me tell you something. I like a Thank nose you. that, you know, my friend Chris McDonald, he says, Man, I love a girl with a strong nose. <laughs> I'm like, What does that mean? He's like, Strong. You know, it's like a, you don't have it, but like something bigger, stronger. Strong. And one time there was this girl who was a friend of ours. In my phone, I had Jill Strong because Jill had a strong nose. And I remember. When I met her, when we met her, Chris was like, that girl's got a strong nose. I like that. And so one time we were at a bar, I looked at my phone and she saw her number and it said Jill Strong. No. Goes, that's my number. Who's Jill Strong? I go, no, that's you. Well, what does that mean? I go, no, it's just like, you're strong. You're like, I looked at you, I was like, man, that girl's hot. She's strong. I made it up on the fly, covered it oh, up. Wow. What if she listens? She won't. Is this on right now? She Is won't. this live? No, it's not live. Could you okay, imagine good. this was live? Ugh. Listen, the two of you are here because, well, first of all, my good friend Chris Dowling. But secondly, well, here's the deal. I watched this documentary, and, you know, it always sucks when someone says, hey, you know, do your research, and you, you know, have to watch an hour and a half documentary. It's like, oh, watch this movie that I'm promoting. I'm like, fuck, I'm going to fast forward through this shit. <laughs> I mean, I just don't. I'm, I have ADD. I don't have time. Time. It's really, it. it's like, you know, I'm going to sit back for two hours in the middle of the day. I could barely watch a movie at night when I'm sitting on my couch, and I have nothing going on. I get it. But I watched it. Jess, my assistant, sitting across from me, and then I'm just, I just started crying at the end. Because there were like certain parallels, and I just felt like you were so brave, both of you, in this documentary, so forthcoming, and like it's so easy to just you know sugarcoat it, hide all your secrets, hide everything. There's stuff that's too embarrassing. I'm not going to share it. Yeah. And I feel like you start to divulge, you start to tell everybody all these things that you did, and you're, and I could see how hard it is for you. And then I, I, something tells me it's just as cathartic as you could get once once you release that. Oh, yeah. I was just trying to uh, be real, first of all. Mm -hmm. And it's funny you say that to back up that this. I just did a podcast the other day and the guy said, look, you know, these people said we need to link up together. We need to talk about, you know, doing some stuff together. So they got invited to go to dinner with me. And then they said, sent the link and they said, hey, watch this movie, though, you know, before the dinner. He's like, oh, God, well, I'm getting a free dinner. Well, I better... <laughs> You know, I better watch it so I have some stuff to talk about and whatnot. And so, same thing. He watched it and he was like, "Holy shit, we're doing we're doing movie uh, showings in my town." And he's setting them up right now. So that's incredible. That, that's cool. Uh, uh, you know, not everybody will connect with it, but like a lot of people have, and so it makes me feel. I don't. Good. I don't think you can't connect with something like this because even if you you know you haven't done drugs and you're a party you're not a rock star it's not really about all that as much as it is a relationship 
It's about you and your daughter. And I felt like you were just lost and you just couldn't, you, you wanted to, you saw like the other side. God, I want to be a better dad. I want to be a better friend. I want to, but it's that struggle. It's addiction and all that. But it seems like for someone to be able to one day just make a decision and just walk away from all the fame and all the fortune, all, all that, I mean, that's a, that's a huge thing. But I think this relates to normal people. And I'm not saying you're not normal. I'm not. You're more normal now. <laughs> nah. But I think that, like, you know, it's the guy that's a workaholic. I have a friend whose dad works all the time. And he's a kid, always working, always working. It's work, 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 work. And he just need, and it was an addiction. Work yeah. was an addiction. So there's all these other addictions out there. Yeah, yours was drugs and partying. And, yeah. you know, so everybody has that until you start to learn to be present, learn to have some mindfulness, learn that there's other things that are way more important because nobody gives a shit. Once you're dead, that's it. That's it. And so when you say that, it reminds me of a guy that was giving me advice before I left, before I, I got sober. He was like, you know what? No one, no one is at their deathbed going, I wish I would have worked more. Yep. I wish I would have toured the the world more in my band. I wish it's always, I wish I could have spent more time with my family, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or some people may have done it perfectly and they're like, I'm ready to go. I've done everything right. <laughs> I but can't that's party. Rare. I'm going to go. What is it, Neil Young? It's better to burn out than fade away. Yeah. Yeah. Did you but, think that a lot of times? Because Janae is here and we're going to talk to you a lot about this. But did you feel like, you know, a lot of times while you're partying, you're like, I don't even care. I hope I party too much and don't wake up. Were you were you one of those who had those macabre thoughts of just like I kind of want to die? I don't I don't care. Um, the last two years of my addiction, yeah, but it wasn't like I don't care. It was like I want to cease to exist. I don't want to breathe. I don't want to get up and feel this way anymore. But then I'd be like, but I can't leave her. She's four or five years old, and her mom's out of the picture, and I'm I'm the only one that's you know I'm her caregiver, but. What do I have to give her? She, you know, she'd probably she she would get over it if I if I died, and someone would raise her like whoever in the family that's better person than me. You know what I mean? Right. So it was it was back and forth. It was never like I don't care. I want to leave and never wake up. It was like I just don't want to feel anymore. All right. So look, th- this documentary is called Loud Crazy Love, and you know anybody could watch the story of Corn and go online and hear their music. It's everywhere. You guys had huge success. You said one one part in the documentary that you had too much money to fit in the bank or something like that. Yeah, that was like an exaggeration. <laughs> but but you, was... you did have that much money. When you're talking about a lot of money, I'm always one of those guys who are thinking, how much money did he have? Because, like, you know, I'm okay. Like, I, I'm doing okay. I'm fine. I have a house. It's, you know, when I think rock star money, I mean – when you get residual checks, were you getting like millions of dollars a no. year in residuals? No, I was exaggerating. What my point that in my head, <laughs> I was thinking was I, I bought everything that I had to buy. Like I couldn't buy anything anymore. I had the cars, I had the house, I had the two hundred thousand dollar pool, the bridge going over yep. it, and waterfall. Every, and I'm like, I got, I got nothing else to like buy. I have all my toys I can ever want, and I was just like, what do I do now? You know, it was just. uh I don't know. And then I then I had self-hatred because I'm like, I'm not thankful. I can't I'm even enjoy grateful. it. But yeah, I'm, right. not, I'm just like, I'm a, I'm a whiny little rock star, you know? And I'm, oh, I'm depressed. Oh, I have everything. Yeah. I have $200,000. Do you know what? Cool. I, I said this to a therapist. I said, 
I don't know. I feel like I've done it all. <laughs> this is me who's done one millionth of how much you've done and toured and all the places. But I was like, listen, I've been to Disney World so many times. I just, it's just, I don't know if it's as fun as anymore. And I, and I, I you know, going to 80s concerts and I started naming these things that people would just laugh at me. And I'm like, you know, I did it. And they're like, but maybe one day you'll fall in love with somebody and really just want to show them all the things that you love and then you'll enjoy it through them. And I'm like, oh my God, how did I not see that? Right, right. It immediately made sense. So that I think of your daughter, I think of Jenea going, she's five, she's six. All these things that I get to do and go over the world and everything, I, I want to do with her. I want to explore with her. Right. But I was stuck in my, you know, it's like that light went off when, when he or she said that to you, right? Oh, yeah, and I'm like, first I thought, how am I that stupid? How, am I, <laughs> how do I not realize that? But that's how uh, unaware I was of who I was and what I really wanted. And then when I thought, I could share this with someone. And that started to open the doors. It's to the mental blocks. We're so yep. blocked in our thinking, man. It's just crazy. The pride and the... It's like one sentence from one person, even a stranger, can shift your life like that. I'm I'm in a good spot now, and I still get in those ruts where you know your your mind comes in and it's cloudy, and you're just like feeling the, uh, and then someone says something, and I'm like, I mean, it just happened the other day. I can't think of what it was, but oh yeah, there were death. There's a lot of death happening, and and I'm just like, I suffering is just intense lately you know with families and people i mean a guy i know just had his brother-in-law murdered and you know over a drug deal and then they cut up the body and tried to burn it to for evidence and it was just like i can't take it and um it sounds like making a murderer right you know <laughs> and it's just hard, it's hard to take man and and someone just said something about the other side and it's like viewing things from here the horror from here or on the other side where all the pain is gone and resting in peace. And it's like, what's our perspective? We're only here for a little bit of time. So right. why are we focusing on the horrors of this life when the next life is so vast and pain-free? That's always the thing. It's the, the, the not knowing, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we don't know. I mean, obviously, you know, you found religion, you found God, and you have an idea of where you're going. You know, and a lot of people out there, I have friends who are atheists, and I know probably a lot of guys in your band are, and people in the music, whatever, they're all around. Even my grandmother goes, I just, am I going to see my, you know, my husband again? Because my grandpa just passed. And I'm like, mm -hmm. and this was with conviction. I wasn't making her feel, but I go, yeah, you will. I think you will. I really just, there was something in me that was like, hey, there's something bigger. There's something better. There's something, there's something more out there, you know? Um, and we can get into that, but. I want to go back to the to the documentary because I felt like I'm about to watch him relapse. Something's going to happen. Brian's going to relapse. <laughs> How does cuz you know, you leave the biggest band in the world, you you know, you're making tons of money, you know, your band's like fuck this and then now you're struggling a little bit and you're finding out oh, questioning yourself did I do the right thing? I'm sure that went through your mind, right? Oh yeah, totally. So and I was like expecting wait, relapse, relapse. Maybe you relapsed after the documentary. Maybe I kept thinking, <laughs> but, but you haven't, I relapsed before. Well, here's the thing. I didn't really relapse because I never said I was going to quit, but I would, I would do meth or Coke or whatever. And then not, okay, I'm not going to do it for a while. And then months would pass and I'd do it again. So does that count as relapsing? Cause I didn't try to Jenea, quit really. Does that count? Um, no, because there was no definitive, like I'm quitting. I'm done. Yeah. You know? I yeah. Think. I agree with her. So, <laughs> but I did relapse when. 
so I quit. I, you know, I found my spiritual life and, and I was doing that for a while. And then I wrote in my book, they didn't put it in the movie, but I wrote in my newest book that um, I started having wine with some friends that just, you know, had some wine with dinner. Right. And I'm like, one glass, that's it. That's all I'm going to do. One, and then like a couple of weeks later, I was like, one big, big glass, that's it. Two glasses. Three weeks later, three glasses, and that's then I was, and then I was in doing shots, and for two months, and I was like, it just it never ends well. I can't drink, man. Why can't I just drink responsibly? Because some people just can't. I have friends that I'm like, yeah. you shouldn't drink. I honestly, I can drink. I can honestly drink because I don't look to get hammered. I don't need, and my personality doesn't change. But mm-hmm. I have friends. I don't know who they are. I don't know who they are when they drink. They shouldn't drink. They do stupid things when they drink, and they always regret it, and they're always filled with guilt. So I'm like, I don't know who you are. I don't, I don't like when you drink. I don't like being around you when you get hammered and can't control yourself. I just can't. I can't do it. It's crazy. You can't control yourself. No, but, but then I was like, I'm going to quit in like next month or in two months from now. I know I can't drink anymore, but while I'm drinking, I'm just going to keep going. Right. Mm-hmm. So I set this time, and then I battled myself. But yeah, so that was a relapse. Drugs, no. Not once. No. And you know. Yep. <laughs> I mean, yes, but. You talk every day, mostly. Um, Text, like. Text, like, every few days, and then we see each other at least once a month. Because I'm living in uh, Lafayette, Indiana right now. So Lafayette is near where the youth center was. Right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, see? That's where now you know I watched Dude. it. He did Come watch on. it. Fuck yeah, dude, because I'm also from Indiana. I grew up in southern Indiana. Really? No. Evansville. What? Yeah. Dude. That's so funny. Yeah. Did you know Michael Jackson and the Jackson 5? I did not know them. They lived down the street. <laughs> really? Yeah, I Gary, Gary, Indiana. <laughs> Gary, Indiana. Gary, Indiana. Oh, Lord. All right, so look. I mean, there's so many things I want to talk about, but like this relationship, you know, you're born. Did you say relationship? Well, it was relationship for a while. That should be our term now. Well, relationship. our relationship finally became a relationship. See? Wow. Love that. You were born in 98. Yes, I Not was. Not you. You were born in 98. I was doing the math. I'm like, huh? Now, I watch it, and you could, you, look, you could see the love. You could see, like, how much she meant to you. See? That's a, that's a nice hug. She is the angel sent from heaven to get me healthy, honestly. But I think also... I might be dead if she wasn't here. I might not have cared to get right. I think that's probably, you know, I'm going to say that's entirely true. I don't think you'd be with us right now if uh, you didn't have her. Because I wouldn't have cared. What do you care for? What are you caring for? You took her away from her mother. You came home while you were on tour and her mother had, were there really like neo-Nazis in her house? Like skinheads? Skinheads. Skinheads are living in your house walking around as your little girl and you came home to this that she's had he, and you well she no i heard about it they talked about it and a friend told me some things that was going on and then i i sent a message well there was no messages i called left a voicemail it's like i'm coming to get her i don't care who's there da, da, da. i came back and because of the message they bolted and left her with a, a babysitter who was watching her at the time, like a, a kind of. So nanny. you didn't see these guys. No. If you would have walked in, the freaking, this mess. Do you think you would have attacked these guys? Well, my friend uh, Donnie, Big bar- Donnie. Yeah, he borrowed Big D. He borrowed a gun from uh, my friend Rob. So it was a thing where 
like he had it in his in, in his pants just in case because these guys were gang members you know right they probably even if they're tweaking they probably would have been like oh this is his kid you know take your kid you know but uh i don't know what would have happened it was just like i had to get her away from that madness and so nobody was there except the nanny do you remember no those i was two or three years you were, old you were just a little girl yeah and, and you took her and you went back on tour with her yep but it was it was pretty fun she was like running around <laughs> you look i don't know i mean you're too young to remember these things um i mean i remember um being on tour a lot i, I remember they were they were always so sweet to me like their their security guards and whatever would um push me around the stroller and take me to parks and stuff so i remember those things yeah how long did that go on um that was not that long actually it was like a month or two or something like that then she would come out like sporadically, but it wasn't like a constant, hey, you're going on the road with me for a year or two. Well, who would she stay with at that point? Um, so w- when she was on the road, we had we had a nanny. It was actually a, a dancer from Britney Spears' tour. They were Ooh. off the road for a little bit. Ew. And my tour manager. <laughs> no, I said, oh. oh. I like said. And my tour, manager, <laughs> my tour manager was dating her, and she's amazing. And uh, and then when we went, we went home, that guy, Donnie, Big mm-hmm. D, his family, they had kids like kind of the same age and everything. And so we, we just... It was like my my parents, her grandparents, this family, and we just did what we could, you know, right. while I was touring. So that was another like three or four years before I figured it out. Look, I'm leaving, and I got to be home with this kid. I want to be home with this kid. How, how old were you when Brian decided to, you know, quit the band? Um, I was six years old. Six years old. So you remembered when you're six, you can remember a lot of things. Yeah, I, I remember it like it was yesterday, honestly. And you couldn't believe it when it happened, right? I mean, yes. you're this little girl. And you talk about it. You weren't spiritual, really. You weren't religious before when I all left. this happened. Oh, no. Not at all. So you just went to a church. Well, you were high. I was told about Jesus when I was 12. And I actually just prayed to him once. And then I prayed, like, when I was 12 years old. Then I prayed again at 19. And I was like, Lord, please don't let me go bald. And there's like two two <laughs> prayers in in a decade. There's a lot of those prayers. I think that God hears a lot of those prayers. Please don't let me go bald. Now you have hair to your butt, so right? good job. That's it. So uh, yeah, Thanks, you're looking Jesus. out, Lord. You're looking out, my <laughs> Lord. <laughs> Inside of you is brought to you by Neurohacker Qualia Synaletic. I just sent some of this to my mother, and she's starting to notice the differences. Hmm in herself and she, because I noticed my mother was always had brain fog and, and she couldn't think clearly. And, and, you know, and, and I, I was like, well, this stuff works for me. And what's great is I didn't even, they weren't even a sponsor when I started using this. Um, have you heard of Synaletics yet? Well, listen, it's a class of ingredients discovered less than 10 years ago. And they're being called one of the biggest discoveries of our time for helping to promote healthy aging and helping to enhance your physical prime. Your life goals in your career and beyond require productivity. But let's be honest, the aging process is not our friend when it comes to endless energy and productivity. That's why I use Qualia Senolytic. As we age, everyone accumulates senescent cells in their body. Senescent cells may cause symptoms of aging, such as aches and discomfort, slow workout recoveries, hello, sluggish mental and physical energy, hello, associated with that middle age feeling, hello. Also known as zombie cells, they are old and worn out and not serving a useful function for our health anymore, but they could be taking up space and nutrients from our healthy cells. Much like pruning the yellowing and dead leaves off a plant, Qualia Senoletic 
helps remove those worn out senescent cells to allow for the rest of them to thrive in the body. And you just take it two days a month. That's it. The formula is non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free, and the ingredients are meant to complement one another, factoring in the combined effect of all ingredients together. And they must believe in their product because they have a 100-day money-back guarantee. It's pretty amazing. I felt higher energies. Uh, I feel uh, more focused. Um, younger, I have to say, because a lot of these things make me feel younger. I feel more uh, productivity happening in my life, a little more enthusiastic, Help resist aging at the cellular level. Try Qualia Senolytic. Go to neurohacker.com slash inside for up to $100 off and use code inside at checkout for an additional 15% off. That's neurohacker.com slash inside for an extra 15% off your purchase. Thanks to Neurohacker for sponsoring today's episode. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The products and statements are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Inside of You is brought to you by Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. And look, hair thinning impacts a lot of us, myself included. In fact, over half of us will experience hair thinning at some point in our lives. It's not only common, it's normal. Join over 1 million people who are doing something about it with Nutrafol. Nutrafol helps support hair growth from within by targeting possible key root causes of thinning, stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and even metabolism. Does the craziness of everyday life leave you stressed and shedding? Since having kids, have you started seeing a little more of your scalp as menopause impacted your hormones and your hairline? When it comes to thinning hair, there are many possible root causes at play, and Nutrafol helps address them through a multi-targeted whole body approach. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In Nutrafol's own clinical studies, 72% of men saw more scalp coverage after taking Nutrafol men's hair growth supplement for six months, and 86% of women saw improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplement for six months. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In Nutrafol's own clinical study, 72% of men saw more scalp coverage after taking Nutrafol men's hair growth supplement for six months, and 86% of women saw improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplements for six months. Take their hair wellness quiz at Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific possible root causes. With Nutrafol, getting help building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online, no prescription or doctor's visits required. Free shipping and automated deliveries ensure you'll never miss a day. You could see results in three to six months. Take the first step to help you see visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter promo code INSIDE. Find out why 4,500 professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L, Dot com promo code inside that's neutrafall.com promo code inside look something happened something like i mean you say it in the documentary but it's like wow did that did it just happen like that where he's like i feel it 
there's this presence, there's something that hit me, there's something that changed my life, and it, it, it causes you to just split something that's so big, bigger than you, successful, money, everything, and there's something that you just felt, or was it something that took a little time to make that decision? Did it take months, or was it like, I feel this, all of a sudden it's, I'm enlightened, I've got to go? It was a few weeks, maybe two or three weeks. It's a blur, but I was going to the church, and I was... I liked it. I was like, okay, well, if there's a supernatural help, then I don't have to do it all. I can have help, right? Mm -hmm. But after like two or three weeks, what happened was at my house, the whole thing is love. I felt love from another realm come around me, into my soul, into my mind. It's a mystery, honestly. It's a mystery, and um, some people experience it, some people don't. It awakened me and enlightened me, just like you said, and it was like, everything changes now. I'm not going to be the same person. And I knew it, and I and I did struggle with it, like, for another week or two with, I found some more dope in my, I did relapse. Yeah! I found my relapse! There it is. <laughs> Woo! Wow. Wow. I was going to church, and I was like, I'm doing great. And one day I went home and I opened up my, uh, I saw a first aid kit in my closet. You know, tweakers, they hide things. And oh, yeah. I opened up the first aid kit and out rolls an eight ball of crystal meth. I had somebody well, ate some gauze. <laughs> that's, wow. That's not, that's not a bandaid for my, well, look at that. What the <laughs> fuck is this? And then you just snorted it down. I just went for it. Yeah. I was like, did you still go to church or whatever? Oh, I disappeared. My phone, yeah, no one could get a hold of me. And then a week later, I was like, man, this, I, I wasn't having uh, a good time on it anymore. It was like I felt guilty. I felt guilty because I made a decision that I wasn't going to be this anymore. Then I felt guilty because I felt like I was letting people down. People were trying to help me. And, you know, if God was was in me, living in me now, and I'm one with him, I felt guilty for that. So it was just done. And then at the end of that, that week is uh actually it was at the end of that i don't know it's a blur all i know is that was the last time i i I did dope and i found a little bit more a couple weeks after that threw it away threw it away took pictures just like your camera you're holding and i i poured it well actually it was a lot it was it was it was like in my first book i'm pouring in in my toilet and it's in my book yeah and you could hear it if you hear the no 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 no, don't. If there's audio to it. Don't do it. What are you doing? <laughs> no, but you didn't do that. Now, Janae, now it's hard to try, kind of transition into you because. No, 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 don't, don't, no, don't no, do it. Oh, man. <laughs> what are you doing with your life? That's so uh, funny. No, that's, that's brave. That's strength right there. That's strength. Mm, it really is. Now, you, Thank as, you as a little girl, it's, it's hard to like going, hey, so as a three-year-old, what were you thinking? Oh, my gosh. You obviously got to a certain age where you're like, I'm sort of fucked up. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter what, something started happening. You started right. like acting out. Right. You started doing things, wanting to get attention, which everyone does, no matter how old you are. And especially at a young age, if you feel sort of like, did you feel abandoned as a child? Absolutely. Well, one, I experienced the trauma of my my mom leaving, and then the trauma. Like there were times where I'd wake up in the middle of the night, and he would be on uh, he'd be on his computer tweaked out, and it would make me cry. I'm like, why aren't you asleep? And so there was some. I went through trauma, and so when you're a kid, you just go through the experiences. But I think when you hit 
11, 12 tween, uh, tween age, you, you start to realize those things hurt. You're not just experiencing anymore. You look back and you're like, ow, that really hurt. Like I feel, I, I feel damaged because of it. And so I really felt into depression. I would say just like the signs of just like sleeping all day and whatever. And what was it? So you feel like, all right, my dad's not really there. You're growing up. Mm-hmm. He's trying whatever, but he's you know you're still seeing the addiction. You're still seeing things. You're right. seeing your mom's not present. Being hopped from house to house and not having like the the bonding that I needed to be like a uh, a successful child, I guess. Yeah. Well, what about <laughs> you know? grandma and grandpa? Were they pretty solid? Um, I saw them uh once a week ish. Um, but the the problem was that there was some stuff that went down in the house that I was staying at. He didn't really know, but the the parents were going through had really bad anger issues and and drinking, um, drinking, and um, there was some like uh, s- sexual abuse with the kids. This, this was so, a random family that you were living with. No, it, it was uh, the the people that um, uh, that he knew on the road, and so there was there was just wow. there was just some stuff. And you were witness, you were privy to a lot yes. of this shit. You were seeing yes. and when you see things as a child, especially when you're getting older. I mean, this, I know it sits with you. Yes. There's certain yeah. things that you can remember vividly from when you're, I'm telling you, when I'm six, when I'm eight, right. 10, I mean, you know, obviously it gets more vivid mm-hmm. as, as you get older. But, you know, I could see in the documentary how you're spiraling mm-hmm. and it's like you're reaching out, you're crying for like, help me. I want, I need love. Well, I didn't quite understand why I was hurting. I knew that I ex- experienced all these things, but I didn't, I, 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 I almost forgot what hurt so bad. And so all I knew was that I was in pain and I wanted to die. So I, I grew up in the age of social media and self-harm was a big thing and, and Tumblr and whatever people would post. And so me and my friends all were in broken homes and whatnot. And so we would, we would um, talk about cutting and burning with like lighters and stuff. It was almost like a competition like oh yeah well my life sucks so i did this and i wrote fat on my on my thigh and oh yeah well my dad yelled at me yesterday you know what i'm saying like and were your was, parents like were, 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 was like brian letting you do whatever you sort of wanted did he have like no there were no guidelines no discipline like be home by 10 did you have to be home at 10 our life was kind of crazy like there were we would travel and stuff and i i would be on the road with him uh when he le- when sorry let me backtrack when he uh left corn he started a solo project um a brian head welch band and then later was love and death and they would play um shows at bars and little clubs and stuff and i would i would go on the road and be doing homework at like 3 a.m so my life was a little different in that way i would say like he he tried to be strict and be like the dad and whatever but right our life was too inconsistent that it didn't it wasn't there she didn't have it wasn't like we lived in a town and her friends were in town and she could go and then hang out till 10 it was like hey we're going on the road this month next month um dad i want to go to phoenix and visit my friends because we used to live in phoenix and so i'd fly her out there and talk to the parents oh they're gonna be good and then you know and then she got into some stuff that way but when when did she start lashing out when was it like you know the whole i hate you i'm tired of you When, when did you know like you got to step up. How do you sit there and say, hey, you need help when you're the one who needed help for so long? And how does that give you any kind of validity? Right. Was, was she always questioning that? She was questioning a lot. Um, what do you think, 13 and a half or something? Yeah, I would say um, when I hit seventh grade, I really started to hurt. You know, I really started to experience um, the pain of things. But yeah, I started to, I think, voice it and lash out and um, really self-harm when I was 13. And were you devastated by this? Yeah, totally. Because, you know, I tried to discipline her, but 
Like I'd say, give me your phone. You're not going to have it for a couple of days. And then she'd say, okay, I'm doing my homework now. I'm doing it. And then she would do it and say, come on, I did it. I'm not going to do it no more. And she would say, please, you know, like uh, Bart Simpson. Keeps repeating himself yeah, yeah. over please and over. Dad, 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 Okay. So I don't remember that. You don't remember that? Well. I would never hold the discipline. Because you'd oh, always yeah, talk me out right. of it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I was a good manipulator. <laughs> and this is hard because at the time you felt like you, you kind of left it all. You want to raise your daughter. You're, you're having this relationship. Well, I guess this is, at this point, when did you leave the band? 2005. 2005. And you kind of rejoin. Like, that's, the shit started, you started touring with them a little later, right? Yeah, like eight years later when she was 14, though. Almost 15. So it was a long time. I know, it's kind of, it's a crazy story, right? It's like, it is a crazy story. It's, it's hard to keep up with the timeline. Yeah, and it's just like, you know, you have a, it's, it's, Especially like when you you found yourself and you found God and all these things, and then you have a daughter that's acting out, and then she's you know she wants attention and she's suffering and she's hurting, and it's like again, how do you not fall back into that? And you're like, I kind of did this for you in a way, but I, you understand fully what she's doing and why she's doing it, and then these are her feelings. She's had these deep, so it's very. I mean, it probably takes a lot of therapy. Were you guys going to therapy together? Um, we we tried, tried. therapy. <laughs> yeah, she wasn't uh, really having it, and uh, <laughs> well. I, I feel like kids in sorry, let me cut you off. Um, it's all good. I feel like kids um, who have uh, attachment issues, therapy doesn't work because bonding is scary, and and the only reason the only reason you would you would tell your feelings to someone or the only reason they would want to know is because they want something from you. It's not just because they care about you. And so therapy scared me. And why would I tell this woman that I don't even know all these things that happened to me? And and uh, what if she what if she snitches on me? You know, right. what if I tell her something and then I get in trouble? You know, and so. It just it just didn't work. And did you feel like you were absolutely hundred percent honest with her? Man, uh, I mean, I tried to be, but you know what? I did? I carried around so much um, that that self hatred I had when I was growing up. It was, mm. and then I couldn't get together. I had so much rage and anger problems. And I remember she said one day she was like, "I said I'm sorry," you know, because I blew up. And she's like, "You're not sorry. If you're sorry, you wouldn't keep doing it." But that's, you don't understand, I can't stop doing, I can't control myself, my anger sometimes. You know how bad I want to? I want to, but she couldn't comprehend it at 14. She's probably thinking, well, if you can't control yourself, and if you can't, why are you telling me to control myself? Yeah, stuff like that. So it's like you're a hypocrite. So it's like she didn't respect when I would say, okay, you're going to do this, or da-da-da, as a parent. It's like she didn't respect that because I was such such a mess, you know? It was right. like we were brother, older brother and sister or mm-hmm. something. You right. Know? And she just wanted a dad in a way, right? I mean, in a lot of ways. And mm-hmm. I'm just... All I had was the the massive love for her. Everything else, uh, discipline, and and uh, I just didn't have... I didn't have... Sorry. No, I could see you're getting emotional. Now, why are you getting... Talk, talk to me about that. Sorry. No. I think it's important. Um, well, I think uh, from the from the start, just you you don't really when you go through trauma like that, like being being left alone with skinheads, and your mom uh, abandons you and leaves you with a sixteen year old and her boyfriend, and for days, and your dad comes home, and you you know you you hop from house to house to house. It takes years and layers to like really heal from that, and so I guess hearing it again was really hard. Um, just, um, just accepting that, that, that happened to me is hard. Thanks for um, bringing it up, Michael. 
No, but it's, it, it's part of it, and it's part of it's the part healing. of the healing. Yeah, You're like really you made is. a movie of it. Like, come on. <laughs> I know, I know. We're and supposed to talk about it, but it's hard, no. man. It's hard to hear it. It's hard for me to talk about right. it. It's hard sometimes. But she, that's why it's so important what you did. That's why the documentary is so important. That's why it's so important that you're here yes. because you're fighting through the pain. You're fighting through it to show. I mean, I just think it helps so many people who are going through this shit. There's so many have father daughter issues and mommy issues and all these things. We all have it. Most of us have it. And for you guys to open up about it and show the world, you have to do whatever it takes. You know, you going to therapy, you finding God or anybody finding whatever it is that helps them. And you going to somewhere like the youth center, which you, you made some big changes and found yourself. That's mm-hmm. like, that's brave. That's fucking to Thank me. You. That's exactly why I'm doing the show. Come on. And you know what? It's good to feel, and maybe that's another layer that, that yeah. got, you know, touched and healed and everything. And so so it's and it's good for for people to see that it's okay to feel, you know, because people yes. bury. Yep. They bury this stuff. And they Bottle try it. yeah, they try to just well, that's the past. Yep. That's the past. Well, if you keep pushing it down, we all know what that brings. It doesn't bring nothing good when you push everything down. And we all and so, do it. Yep. It's all it's all really about shame, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. all about you feel so shameful. You don't want to talk about it. You don't want to bring it up. You know it hurts the other person. It hurts you, so you just keep pushing it down. And what does that do? What that does, I've done it. It's, it manifests itself, and you start to act. You start to have physical problems, like mental stress. Things come out. I have things that I'm like, you know, I'm going to try Reiki. You know what Reiki is? I think it's, did I pronounce that right? It's like an energy healing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I've had so much, so many surges, which we've talked about and all this shit. And it's just like, you know, I don't care what it takes. I want to feel better. I want to heal myself. I'll do whatever. I'll go to any, you know how uh, Andy Kaufman in that movie, uh, Man on the Moon, you know, he thinks that this guy is this masterful healer and he knows it's not real, but he just has hope that somebody out there can help him. Is Reiki dry needle? No, it's not. It's I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I don't know a lot about it, but it's really energy, like healing, like this okay. hands-on, like emotional stuff, and like because we and I'm 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 trying it because I've heard enough people saying, "Hey, try it." You know how many people said, "Do acupuncture; it's going to help you." Yeah, mm-hmm. it didn't really help me a ton. And then what I end up doing, I end up going put getting put under and getting anesthesia and getting feeling good for a couple hours, and then injecting my spine and then doing it all over again, and you know, doesn't really help, right? But it does feel good to not be in pain for a little while. I just think a lot of it is mental. I think I, I do. At this point in my life, I feel like a lot of pain that I have is stress, is the certain underlying thing, that things from childhood, things from that I am trying to work out, that I'm trying to get out of me. It's almost like a fucking exorcist, man. Right. You know, just like, yeah. get out, take yeah. me. Yeah. I want somebody to go, take me. Exactly. <laughs> you know? I know what you We feel, all have man. it, and I see you. I see you both. Like last it. week, I felt like that. <laughs> you did? Yeah, I had a meltdown. Not like a massive meltdown like before, but I was just like, like I was talking about in the kitchen with you. It was, it was like, I just want simple why am I getting this? Why am I getting that? It's just making me stressed out. I just want to yeah. chill. I want simple condo. We, we talk, that, I'm glad you brought that up because you guys, t- he was talking about, I want things to be simple. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you were with corn, it was so much that definitely wasn't simple, right? Although you disappeared in, in, in drugs and all these things. But then you, you said, I found what I'm looking for. 
you know, I found religion, I found God. And then, you know, uh, I just want a simple life. Oh, I don't want to be busy all the time. I just want to. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, I'm getting a little bored now. Need something else. And then you're like, then all of a sudden you start to do all these things again. And it comes out and, and then you're too busy again. Yeah. So it's a cyclical back and forth thing of like, do you want to really live a simple life? You know, it's a balance. It's, it's a tug of war. It's, it's a tug of war, but it's like, hey, this is my schedule for the week. I'm going to go talk on this dipshits podcast for an hour with my daughter. And then when I leave that, I'm going to go see my <laughs> friend, uh, Monkey, who ha- has a baby. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, I'm going to go get some uh, lunch with my daughter. And then tomorrow, I'm going to go to church. And then here's my schedule for the week, but I'm going to do as much as I can for myself as I am with work. Mm, because you know, right. people always say, I'm not my work. So if you're doing too much and pulled in different, it's just like the drugs, right? Yeah. It's just like you have the decision to go, fuck it, no. I don't want to go do another podcast. I don't want to do this. I'm taking the day off. I'm going to sleep in late. I'm going to go see a movie by myself or with Jenea. And that's just the fucking way it is. This is my world. So we all have that choice. Yeah, yeah. And it's just doing it. It's just going, I can't, man. It's like during Christmas. We're we're like every it's it's her break where she's just free to do something for a couple from of weeks, school anything. from work all of that right? take two weeks yeah so we're always like okay we're we always come to California we're gonna go to Disney World we're gonna do that this year we went to Vegas we went to Bakersfield she went to Phoenix I went back to Nashville and it was just like next year we're not doing nothing we're yeah. just going to Bakersfield seeing much. grandparents but then when next year comes what's it gonna be like well. We do have two weeks off. Maybe we can go to Vegas too. Just you know what I'm saying. You're right. It's that balance. It's like you want rest and then you forget because you want adventure too. Yeah, it, it's it, you know it's 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 tough watching the documentary and it's, it's it fills me with a lot of hope and I think it will give people a lot of hope because it, it just felt like is this going to be one of those documentaries? I know you didn't die at the end of the documentary, <laughs> but at the same time I'm like, you know, if I didn't know you, I just turned this on. I didn't know anything about you. I'm like. You know, how is he going to get out of this? Mm. Right. And how is she going to survive? She's going to be fucked up. How many times have you looked at a kid, some other kid from some other family and go, that kid's fucked? Like, man, poor kid. His parents suck or his parents can't get it together and he's acting out and he's doing all these things. And it takes so much work, like, for that kid not to be. It just takes up. focus and everything. And I mean, there's a lot of people that have been through like a lot worse than we have that have been. Okay, you know, you just got to want to fight through it. You want to, you have to want to uh, process, you know, process it because every family's broken in some way. Yeah. Small, large, broken is broken. You know, there's issues. You know what? I thought of something funny out of all this funny stuff we're talking about. (laughs) But I was thinking every time I look at a rock star and I look at their lives and I look at you and I'm like, seeing all the drugs that you've done. I know for sure I never would have made it as a rock star. Really? I would have died day one. Mm-hmm. Mike Rosenbaum, his first concert out here at Madison Square Garden, and he's dead. I don't even know how it is. You look at you guys, and you guys aren't fat pigs. You're like skinny rockers, long hair, and you're just drinking and drinking and doing drugs. And I'm like, I do one hit of a fucking hybrid, mostly of indica, which means I always remember indica couch. So you're mellow, <laughs> like you're just into couch mellow. And I'm the next day, I'm like, I can't get it together. I can't, I just got to make it to the counter for a burger with my friends. Uh, <laughs> I'm so like, for some reason, drugs just, I can't do something like, I don't even look at, I couldn't even imagine doing 
one week on tour with you guys, m- matching what you guys were doing. I mean, you were always drunk, always on drugs, right? There was no reality, really, other than just Not partying. always on drugs, but always drinking, yeah. How many drinks do you think you had a day? If you had to say, measure it in a fifth of vodka. If there was a fifth of vodka, do you think you drank a fifth of vodka a day? What's a fifth? Is a fifth like one of those big bottles that go like that? It's not the giant liter. Okay. It's the one smaller, but not the pint. Oh, it's yeah. Pint okay. Pint. Yeah, so probably, fifth, probably something like that. A fifth. So roughly, you know, five to ten fifths a week. How did how did you have health problems? Or did you, seven? Did the doctor ever say your liver is done? Well, you have we to take young. two. They were young. They were yeah twenty something, mid twenties, late twenties. I stopped in my early thirties. Yeah. So I'm sure there was damage. But is but, monkey yeah. and all these and and all these guys still drinking that much? No. Um, no, God, no. they're they all, all slow down. Family men. They're all married and have kids. And yeah, to, I mean, um. There's a few that that drink wine every once in a purple while. Purple tooth but... drummer, purple tooth. Wow. One a.m. Okay. He's like, "Hey man, it is purple." And uh, our bass player has some beers every night, but uh, but not. But too they much. control it. Yeah. Yes. No drugs really in the band. No, none. No, just like a couple of eight balls a week. Oh my it. god. Now, do you think there's corn fans out there? No, no that drugs. Are going, no are drugs. corn fans going just going. What happened to these guys? They were my idols, and now they're. And of course not. Who gives a shit what they think? It was they were young. These your fans. Exactly. Everybody was young. You were doing something. You found your way, and you're lucky. You're not dead. Yeah, we're just yes, people, man. Exactly. So if, so if they're like that, then I don't really care for. Did you think fans. you were going to lose? And did you notice? Like I am walking away from this, and I'm l- walking away from all my friends who I grew up with, and gave me this opportunity, and I am walking away from uh, all the fans who have put many dollars and many did you i mean and i'm thinking about that like you were did you that come across your mind a lot a little bit but um the feeling was so powerful that oh my gosh i know i know that i know that i know that i know because of that enlightenment and that awakening that that christ is real and that the other side is real so i need to focus on that and this precious little six-year-old girl and so the fans, sorry, <laughs> sorry, 21. I love you fans. Sorry, I love you band members, but your daughter's more important. more important. Well, of course, I understand. You know, yeah. that's it. But there was, I'm an emotional human being. So I was like, yeah, I felt bad. I, I, I was like, and there was a $23 million um, deal that they signed um, like about three months after I left the band. And I don't, what? Yeah, for EMI Records. Did you almost jump back and go, all right, I'm back. <laughs> Found God, lost him. Here I am. <laughs> I mean, did you... oh, wow. Well, no, you know Here what I'm saying. Because people, That's it depends. So How much do you really love God? How much do you really think this is helping your life? I love it. That's good. You could have been out of there. Many people just said, you know what? What the fuck am I doing? Or I could have said, I love God too. Thank you, God, for this money. You know. Yeah. But I would have said, okay, Janae, I know I quit the band, but I'm gonna go back, and another two years, then I'll be home. Right. Because they went on tour more than ever because it was one of the first 360 major 360 deal where merch was involved and everything right so they got the 23 million up front and they were doing that that deal while i was in the band what happened was i went i didn't tell anybody i went and i did i went to media and told them you know i found god i, I found god i awakened enlightenment and all that and i'm leaving the band and so they didn't know so they were like dude we're doing the hugest deal we've ever done and you're out there saying you're quitting you're doing nothing to help this deal get signed. So, yeah, they were pissed off. So do you remember, because you wrote a letter to the band, right? You wrote an email. It wasn't like, 
You know, you remember you did watch I it. I told you I fucking watched. It. I watched because it was good. I didn't. I would have fast forward if it wasn't. I Can really I give would props. Have. I want to give props to Dettori Mayo, who the creative team that put this yep. film together. They made it that way. So yeah, it's really good, folks. Um, you know, part of me is like. Did, did you ever not get in a confrontation with guys going, what the fuck are you doing? Like screaming at you, telling you, what are you doing? Leaving messages on your phone? Or did they leave you alone? They just, it was like a wall went up between us and they never, I never saw him. I did see the bass player, Fildy, um, about three months after I left because his father, who I knew since I was a teenager, passed away and I went to the funeral. And uh, it's funny. The funeral wasn't funny at all. It was really deep. <laughs> I was like, I spoke. I actually spoke. Does anybody have anything to say? And I went up and I spoke. I was crying. And and I went up to Fieldy and I was just like, hey, uh, you know, I talked to his dad on the phone. And I said something that his dad told me. And he, and I go, hey, I just want to tell you that your dad said. And he, like, it was so quiet at the funeral. Everybody was walking. So, and he turned around and he goes, you ain't better than me. And I'm like, ah. everybody looked at us, and I'm like, dude, I'm just, I know, I just, you know, I had to leave the band. You know, I'm just telling you what he said, and that was it. So. Could you imagine the pain that he was going through, though? Like, the like his father left, and then the it pain of losing about, you, yeah. and then you know, it's so fresh that he, it was all of it combined, and he blew up. You yeah, know? it was, it was crazy. Do you, do you cry in front of each other? Obviously, you do. You cry, <laughs> Janae. I'm, you, I'm a you, cancer. Have you seen him it. cry a lot? <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Do you feel like you cry now more more than ever? That you feel like you're just more emotional these days? Um, I allow myself to cry. We were talking about that a, a couple months ago or something. Where you gotta like, if you want to be a free person internally, you have to allow yourself to cry. And what how I do? We were talking about not bottling things up. Yes. And my thing where I I get like I'll put on music and all I'll talk to Christ and I'll be like you know fix me. I'm a mess and spend an hour with them or whatever. And sometimes tears will come and tears scientifically are healing, right? Absolutely. They're healing. And so that helps me. The emotion comes out and I feel it. It's not all the time. I'll go a year without, you know, crying at all. It's just, I know that it happens when it's supposed to. Yeah. I feel like I'm more emotional too. I mean, I told you, I mean, you know, not to make you feel like, you know, I'm, I'm on the same page with you by any means. But, you know, I, I went to Wellness Center last year that, my, you know, my fa- my fans know. We're all the same, man. And it's just like, you know, I just was like, hey, I need help, man. I don't, I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not me. I don't, I'm not the best me. I'm not near it. I don't, I don't like me. I don't love me. Right. I don't, um, I know there's some good guy in there. Like, I, I know I'm a good guy. Yep. I just don't, I don't feel it. And mm-hmm. uh, I need help. And so I, I went and I, I couldn't believe how emotional I was for someone who doesn't get emotional a lot because my family never got emotional. Mm-hmm. Boy, was I wrong. I found really? so many things, you know, and I talk about this, but like something I think you and I can relate to is you were probably in this youth center. Is that what they called it? A youth center? It's a a, a boarding school. Boarding That's what school. we call it. Mm-hmm. Therapeutic boarding school. Yeah. Right. And it's like, but it wasn't a boarding school. What you're thinking in your Disciplinarian, mind. like, you know, no. more like love and like, hey, healing. Yes. Dis- disciplinarian in a loving way. Right. And you loved it, right? Oh my gosh. It changed my life. A hundred percent. Isn't that something? Don't you feel like you found so much? Like for me, I found like, I always, I think I've repeated this a few times, but you guys just, I'm, I haven't talked to Janae, so I'm saying this. You're fine. But I remember that I was doing something and I was crying about something and she goes, you know, this is great, Michael, you're relearning. And I go, mm. no, I'm not. She goes, what? And I go, I'm learning. I've never learned these things that a wow. child should have learned when wow. many moons ago. Yep. I never knew this stuff. It was like a, a new dawn, a new day. I was like, it was 
so wonderful to start to go, wow, imagine being a kid again, but now getting all the things and, yep. and but you have to, I'm an adult. So it's like, okay, you didn't get that as a kid. Fuck. That's okay. You know what? Mm-hmm. Give them to yourself now. Yep. Feel the shit that you didn't feel so you could have real relationships and you don't resent and you don't hold grudges and you could just move the fuck on. Yeah. You don't swear Definitely. a lot. I haven't heard you guys swear. Have I been swearing too much? No. We, we don't, we don't uh, have good uh, manners. Um, <laughs> what? What are you yeah. saying? No, we you swear. Sorry. You swear. Yeah, we have problems with that a little bit sometimes. We do. Go Whatever. Ahead. No, you go ahead. It's more, it's more like funny, like when we're joking, we'll be like, fuck. But right. no. You don't no. do it at church, though. No way. Let, no. Me, let me ask you this, because a lot of people, this is this to me, this is the most important, because, again, people will always say, God, oh, they found God. Yeah. And they'll roll their eyes. I did that. And I feel like, you know, I don't sit here and say, screw you for not believing in God. I don't tell you what an idiot you are for not having faith. So why should you sh- sit here and roll your eyes? Because I found something that helps me in my mm-hmm. life. Yeah. So why are you judging me and saying I'm not, I'm crazy? Now, look, there are extremes in all ways, right? There are extreme atheists that are like, yeah, that's all they do. You know, it's like, okay, so you're an idiot. And they're the extremists that are like, if you don't do this, you're going to burn in hell. Join my religion. Then, of yeah. course, fuck those people. And that's the way I feel. Mm-hmm. But then you got people like my friend Chris Dowling and Danique Dowling who go to Love a church them. in Santa Clarita. Or my friend John Heater and his wife Kirsten who were Mormons who don't tell me what to do. They don't do. Mm-hmm. But I go over there and have a family dinner and they religion works for them. And they have morals and values. And I aspire to be good human beings like they are. Chris, they raise a wonderful family. And if it's God that helped them do that and their spiritual spirituality, whatever, I commend them. Right. I go to church every year with them for Christmas. And I fall in the love heaters? with it. Uh, with the Dowlings. Oh, okay. I've been to that church that you're going to speak. Isn't to. Rusty awesome? Ru- I love that I just, I was just going to say Rusty. And Rusty speaks. He's the pastor there. And every year I'm in tears and I'm like, it was just beautifully well-spoken, articulate and fun and just real. And I, and I just go, these are people who are just really nice people who found something that they all could relate to and that they love and they believe in. And look and, what they do for the, for the community. And look what they yes. do. For, tell me what they do for the community. Oh my gosh. They, so there was the shooting three months right. ago, remember? Yep. They're there. They like, everybody comes to them in that community and uh, I'm, I'm, Obviously, there's other people like gathering around, but mm-hmm. you know, and they're helping the hurting man. Yeah, and there's hurting people, and and Christians look, they don't have it all together. There was a pastor there that took his life, um, just in the last year. Same and church, so, yeah. And so it's for broken people trying to help other broken people, man. And it's just that they found their thing that works, and you know, I found mine, and it's like Jesus said that there's there's like two roads you know you can get lost in an extremist you know atheist or in drugs or whatever it is or you can get lost in religion i stay in the middle the road of life you know where you don't judge people you just you know you be yourself you 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 find out what what works for you and it's worked 15 years whatever mm-hmm. i found which was you know christ in my life i'm not really a church guy i don't go to church a lot cuz my lifestyle's on the road but I'm, a, I'm a, I study like some of the uh, Christian mystics back in the day, and I'm a meditator and stuff like that. That works so good for me. Yeah, you know, in, in the documentary, just in case there's one more thing, you're not convinced I watched it, that <laughs> one of your band members says when he saw you, he just goes, yeah, like that was working for him. 
That's yeah. what he needed. Monkey, yeah. And that, Monkey said that. That was towards the end of the movie. You even watched it. <laughs> wow. Of course I did. So, so it's like. He saw it in my eyes. So if you says. really love someone, whatever it takes for them to find themselves, to be the best person they could be, to love themselves, to want to live, a lot of times it's selfish. You know, I, I, I've, I've seen where, you know, even when I, <laughs> I came back from the wellness center, I'm just all routined mm-hmm. out and structured out right. and doing this. And I'm doing art night and I'm doing, I'm having this, all, all these like things. And, you know, even one of my friends was like, hey man, it, this was after, but he goes, yeah, you know, it's like, I'm, it's nice to see like whatever, like this. And I go, what do you mean? I don't know. You were kind of know, boring. You know, <laughs> really? I guess this was post like uh, wellness center. Like for a couple months, I, w- I was finding myself. I go, I was boring. Wow. And you start to think, oh shit, I don't want to be boring. Right. But it's like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. You have to just do this for yourself. Right. You know, and if you started thinking about, man, you're changed, man. Look at you. I'm like, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, it's just, it gets kind of fucked up. This, look, I, I really like this. I know it's been kind of going, we, we've kind of, kind of gone all over the place in a way. But now, you guys have this relationship and I'm sure it's not perfect. I'm sure it's still like, you know, I, I saw you, you texting monkey because he's has a kid and she's kind of looking at you like, fuck, what, come on. We're doing an interview. Oh yeah. And I, you know, do you still Getting have, ready to go from you, the hotel today? It's do like, you call each other out? Do you really genuinely call each other out? Do you say, you know, dad, you're doing this and talk to me. She will call me out on my shit. Yes, definitely. <laughs> and do you agree with it usually? Yeah, but mostly it's just, you know, we're she accepts me for who I am and so I'm just a nutball like always goofing around and we just kind of have fun together, you know? Cuz she's living her life. She's growing up in Indiana and Do you have a boyfriend? Become an adult. I do. And do you is it uh do you like him? <laughs> Not you. Oh. I thought you asked her that. I'm do like, you like your boyfriend? Do you like you hold hands with him? I told you I say stupid shit sometimes. Uh, I'm like Chris Farley interviewing with Silver. You, you like your boyfriend? Idiot! <laughs> Why would you ask that? No, Idiot. Brian, do you like him? I do. He was a, a you know first date. I told him how important she is to me, and that we went through a lot of processing to uh, get to where we are in life right now. And just so he knows that, and he he was like he re- really respected that. Then he asked me. Um, a few weeks later or months or whatever for her hand in if, marriage if, if uh they were just friends they're good friends going on dates and right. he want they were going to take it further and he's like do you mind if i like you know i want your daughter to make be it, my girlfriend make it official, official. And you're yeah. like cool man he was he's a he's a sweet nice is he kid, a drinker man. no would you you wouldn't date a drinker would you or a, somebody who's addicted to drugs no or like that. i couldn't i mean how could you do that right i couldn't i mean that would be just stupid you've seen it all you know it doesn't work yeah. So you're you're almost doing something that you know. Thank you. I mean, think about that. All the shit you've been through, it's no matter how fail. attracted. And sometimes, oh, I know. Well, well, sometimes people think, you know, I'm attracted to guys that are messed up. I want to fix them. It's like going to fail. It's going to fail. My dad was messed up. I want to. So, and I think guys do that with girls. It's not just the. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a, true. It's mutual. It's true. So when you date somebody, obviously, are you you're with someone now? No. You're not. But do you look for someone uh, who. Is the opposite of you? Someone who listens to Air Supply? Yes. I don't date anybody, man. I'm just all out of love. So you just, you still, you, you go out, you have fun. You like, you like sex. You like fun. Sorry about saying that in front of you. Dog. I just don't, uh, no, I don't date. I'm kind of like a monk. I'm like a heavy metal monk, a metal monk. 
I just kind of like, I like to read. I like to be alone. I like, but when I did date, like, uh, I dated this girl from England just briefly and she was, she was really quiet and sweet. So I like that. I don't like, what does this tattoo mean? (laughs) This is, were you with the devil then? (laughs) And this one here, what's the H? Oh, it spells something. Oh, look! Oh my God! Sorry, that was horrible English. That, that was, was just that was perfect. I don't know why I did it. No, she was just. I need somebody chill because I'm. Of course, me too. I'm like, look at me. Look I'm at a you. spaz. I'm a spaz. We're spaz. Your head. I'm a head case. This is. <laughs> yeah. When I go home, though, I'm chill, and so I need chill, and I don't need someone like. Blah, 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 blah. And wanting to change things, whatever, because he loves his routine. So That's I think a girl that. that goes with the flow. Do and you have someone? Sorry. No, I, I really, I, I know I have someone. I have, you know, I, I you have I, your doggies. I, I, I have my doggies. I've been, <laughs> you know, I, you know, I see someone who's awesome, but we're on the same page. Like, you know, you know, it's just, it's very honest where it's like, you know, you, you're still finding yourself. Mm-hmm. And, the, I, you know, I don't know what this is, but, the, you know, look, I would love, I mean, I think think there's nothing better than being in love and like having someone there for you. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think, you know, we all deserve it, you know. Did you have it at one time? I've had it. I've lost it. I've been reckless. I've been like, oh, you know, this is fine, but I'm not ready for this. And then, wow, that hurts. Wow, that's a year of pain because I was fucking an idiot. Yeah. Because I made a wrong decision because of my ego or whatever. And you suffer for it. You You suffer for it. So... I feel like now at my age, if I found someone right now that just was like, you know, this is it, I there's no doubt in my mind. I'm like, I'm not going to lose her. And I'm going to do whatever I can. In fact, I go above and beyond. I stay in things longer because I'm like, make sure that this is not right. Right. Make sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No yeah. one's perfect. Look at yourself. You're fuck- definitely not perfect. You know, do you, back to you, Janae, do you, do you look at somebody that's more like your dad or less like your dad or maybe has the heart of your dad, but, you know, I think I'm still figuring it out and figuring out. Um, You're young. I'm so young. Yeah. I'm I'm chilling. Just I'm don't take it. care of someone unless they're taking oh, care of you too. A hundred percent. Unless and no codependency, right? Yep. Hundred percent. I'm I'm with you. Do you have a relationship with your mom? No, we don't talk. Um, she went through some insane childhood trauma, and she's I never dealt with it. Yeah, I mean, she there's no there's there was no opportunity where she could, you know, and so so she's she's doing her thing, you know, and yeah. so um, it's it still hurts, and I'm still like like before like how I was emotional. It's yep. I still get to those places, and it, it's just another layer of healing, and so um, we just kind of like ride over that subject, and then. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, we but don't but into, I mean, yeah. I, I I think it's good to talk about it because a lot of people can relate to it, and and a lot of kids and a lot of adults really have parents who who have struggled with addiction, you know, and so it's it's like this thing where they're okay one day, but then they're not okay the next day, and they do something sporadic, and oh, that's just mom, that's just she just she just deals with that, and so I've learned that I I'm whole without her. Can I know? say? Can I tell you one thing? That's good. Yes. This is what I've learned, and this took me a lot of therapy. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying your mom's crazy. If you think <laughs> your mom's crazy, let's just say, you know how people say, my mom's crazy. Mm-hmm. If you think that you can fix her or change her or make her a different person or make her the mother that you've wanted, mm-hmm. then you're crazier than she is. Mm. You have to just say, this is you and I will take 
as little or as much of you as I want because yes. I'm an adult and it's my choice. And I'm not going to let the things or actions that you do affect the way I feel. And you're going to, I'm not going to feel guilty. I'm not going to feel anything. Yep. I was a little girl. I should have been taken care of. And this is, this is what I want out of our relationship. If you want a relationship, I think, I mean, that's what I did with my mother. I love my mother, but this is, I, I'm in charge of mm-hmm. what kind of relationship I want with anybody. That's good. That's healthy, man. Yeah, that's, that's so very healthy. healthy. And it's hard because sometimes so people are desperate. Hard. Boundaries. That's Boundaries, it, right? man. But just like you're your own woman. You're strong. Mm-hmm. You went through so much. It's only going to make you stronger. You deserve the best dude. Someone Thank who respects you. you yes. You know? And that's it. You know? Um, Thank you. All this. Better bring it, Zach. Yeah. <laughs> Zach. I'm sure Zach's a great guy. Look, Loud Crazy Love is the documentary. And where can people see this? Um, it's on Showtime right now. It's uh, you can you know get it pay, uh, on demand. Showtime, you can watch it when it comes on. You can wow, you can find it on all d- digital platforms. YouTube, I was going Amazon. there, but our, we did the deal with Showtime, so I'm plugging Showtime. Where can we and find so, it right now? But yeah, but you can so you, <laughs> you can get it on demand through. Watch the documentary. I'm getting there. <laughs> what was that? I don't even want to talk about it. But uh, wow. yeah, all digital platforms and uh, or you can get it through you know brianheadwelch.net, the uh, the DVDs, Amazon, iTunes, all that. Loud crazy love with a K. Loud crazy love with a K. And I'm telling you, I watched it. You heard this. I loved it. I think it's important if you're going through any kind of struggle. If you have this daughter, father, mother, whatever relationship, it's about family. Or just family. It's not. I don't even it's think it's that. People. How about just like people who face adversity and have found something that works for them? And they're look. This is a constant work. I don't look at the, you two and think, oh, they're perfect. They're fixed. You're not. You're fucking flawed, like I am, like the rest of us. Big time. But you're. You know what it is. You're doing something about it. Mm. You're, you're doing something about it. That, that's the bottom line is you're making a step in the right direction every day. Even if you feel like you're going backwards, you still see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I think that's the most important thing that we all look at. Yeah. So watch this documentary. Well, thank I thank the both of you. This is uh, – oh, really quickly. Um, we're going to do a little – this is really fast. This is called Shit Talking with Rosenbaum. Okay. <laughs> and th- these are quick questions from my patrons from Patreon – they're, uh, it's it's this cool thing. It's Love if you want it. to join Yeah, I, I know about Patreon. So these are the, some some patrons that ask some questions. Megan L, what is the most? And these could be fast. You don't have to answer. You probably already answered these, so you could be quick. Okay. Megan L, what is the most surreal experience Jenea had as a daughter of a rock star? The most unique <laughs> or surreal experience that you remember? Going, oh my god, I remember I was tossed around the crowd as a three year old, like one of those Hell balloons no. <laughs> or those those beach balls. Hell How about no. meeting Snoop Dogg and? Hey, come here, little mama. Yeah, when I was four years old, it was at some some festival or something, and he was like six foot five or From whatever. The depths of the sea, look at this little Janae looking yep. at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that. Quick. <laughs> and uh, or, or she she pet dolphins at, at four months old in Australia, so maybe that. Well, you uh, know what, Janae? Ti- and tigers, I remember that. And tigers, we have pictures of it. It's in the book, my first book. Did you ever read it? Did you ever look it? You know what I noticed, though? I will say this because Janae is probably thinking it. Say, Dad, yes, you're saying all these things are all true, but let me come up with the most surreal thing that I think. Okay, go. This is Janae's question. Right, Janae? Yeah, Dad. She's like, Dad, I, those were all great, <laughs> but nothing will top this. My even, bad. Even Snoop, right? Was that it, Snoop? He's asking you. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Sorry. I, I don't know. You were answering. Okay. This is actually kind of embarrassing, but my favorite band was Blink-182 growing up. When I was 12, 12, 13, I loved pop punk. That was my shit. And so 
Um, we got to see Blink when Tom DeLonge was still in the band. He right. left. Um, we got to see them, meet them backstage, and we went to their dressing room. And Tom's like, hey, it's so good to meet you. Was, and was Dad with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you like them? Oh, I love Blink. I still do. Really? Yeah. Yep. Travis is my favorite drummer on the planet, Travis yeah. Barker. And they he's were, an awesome guy. They were all so nice. And it just, I was, I was, I smiled. He he would say Tom DeLong, and I would smile for the next month, <laughs> like being 12. Yeah, she's in love with him. Uh, but <laughs> she grew out of that. So no way, Tom, sicko. Oh, Don't God. even think about Danny, it. Danny, D-A-N-I, Never. Danny, I'd like to know what musical taste Brian and Janae share. Is there a band or an album that they both love that they just, that's it, that's it. Ariana oh, Grande. <laughs> Ariana Grande. We were listened to her last night, and it's like some of her Light songs album. are cheesy for me, but there's some that get I've me. never listened to her. I don't. I couldn't name oh one song. Gosh. Should I listen to her? Breathing the song, breathing is know. like because after everything she went through with like the 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 shootings and like in the Great yeah. Britain or whatever, and uh, everything she's been through and the, hearing that song, breathing, you know, just right. keep breathing. It just gets me. Hey, uh, Ryan, will you write that down that I should listen to Ariana Grande and then cross it out? Wow. <laughs> Whatever, dude. Come on. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I will Just check the, it out. If you could listen to it, I will. Listen I will. to Breathing. She has the most incredible voice. I'm sure. I'm Unreal. Sure, sure. Unreal. Angie, if you could go back in time and change one thing about your life, what would it be and why, both of you? I mean, this is this is, this is is tough, but it's probably easy in a way, but it's tough. Uh, um, I learned a lot from my addictions, but probably the addictions, you know. So a lot of goods come out of it, but the damage done to her, I would have definitely gone back and reversed. I would say same. <laughs> I, I think um, a lot of people say, you know, the pain made me stronger, but I wouldn't wish what I went through on anybody. Mm-mm. But because I can't, I accept it and I make the most of it. Megan, was it difficult to rebuild the relationship with the corn band members after leaving the band? I mean, the documentary will show you that when you watch it, but it was uh, it was difficult. It was I mean, once we got back together after eight years, it was just easy. Everything was forgiven. But during i mean we were separate like we didn't talk it was it was did like, you ever say let's have a group prayer and they're like fuck you <laughs> wow <laughs> no never no they let me do it like when i first when i first joined the band we were doing it and then i could see like the singer roll's eyes so i was like okay well, no more prayers before the show <laughs> hmm. it's just it's like you say the same thing every night you know mm-hmm. and it's like yeah we gotta do that Jerry W., these are just comments, two comments, says, Divine is my favorite angry music song. Nice. I listen to it when I'm in a bad mood and sing along. Then I laugh hysterically at myself, and I'm good. That's so no cool. No question. Dude. It's no question. Just tell Brian Welch that and see what he says. Aw. That's his form of therapy, right? Yes. He's like, he gets the anger out, he screams it with the song, and then he laughs hysterically. Laughter is healing, too. It is. Tears and laughter. Agnes says, I want to thank you for amazing and important music, which has helped me so many times in a lot of bad moments in my life. Mm. Agnes, I'm so thankful for you saying that. And that's what our gifts in life are about, right? To touch others and to help the world. So I'm glad you're doing better. This has been a real joy. What's your uh, Twitter or your Instagram handles? I don't think anybody Twitters anymore. Do that. No. Instagram is Janaea Welch, J-E-N-N-E-A Welch. Can you write that down? W-E-L-C-H. And don't cross it out. And uh, Don't cross and, it out, yeah. Instagram, Brian Head Welch, one word. Brian with an I. Facebook.com slash Brian Head Welch. Brian Head Welch.net, all that, so. And then loud crazy love crazy with a K dot com. Also, I want to plug um the, the boarding school that I went to. Um, we are starting a campaign to raise money for kids in the foster care system in um in single parent homes. So that's awakeningyouth.org. dot org. I love and, it. Yeah, we're 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 talking about doing a, a fundraiser concert and everything because they need to get um 
licensed by the state of Indiana, and they've done it privately for so many years. But they're an awesome school, so hopefully that will expand. And where can they go if there's a kid out there listening or a teenager, even somebody? How old? What's the, what's the if you want to go to where you went, it's a boarding school for women, for girls, but how mm-hmm. old? What's, the, what's your um, age? 13 to 23, and then they're also launching a boys program. And so, um, so yeah, the, the, the fundraising will, that, that will uh, help sponsorships, that'll help um, get them licensed as a group home, that'll help uh, uh, build the facility and everything. And but but so, if someone needs to talk like a young person that's what needs I was to ask. talk, yeah. they can totally just contact them, you know, yeah. someone with no and money. what's the name of the place again? Um, AwakeningYouth.org. .org, and they can go there and they can ask questions, and if they're interested, or their parents, or yes. even if you're 21, 22, 23, if you're maybe 24, yeah. they might even sneak Absolutely. in. Absolutely, yeah. Who knows? Uh, I appreciate this candid, open talk. Uh, I mean, I could talk to you guys forever, but I, I really enjoyed this. This is fun. I know it's hard. Like, you know, I don't know you for shit, and so now... After watching this and talking to you, I felt like during this thing, it's we we all started getting like, all right, this is, you know, it's it's hard, it's hard to gain trust because I'm like, you know, I'm a guy that's interviewing you, and uh, I think what's what's cool is you you notice I've been through shit, you've been, we've all been mm. through shit, and I think the relatability is important. I can connect with people pretty damn fast, yeah, yeah honestly, and I think talking about with so many people being so open, it's we don't have really walls up, we just go in, but. It was it was awesome. I love the humor and I love the yes. deep the, the the deepness of the conversation. So it was a great mixture. I love yes. what you're doing, brother. Thank you for having us. Thanks yes. for uh, thank, did you by the way, did you ever uh when you first left the band, did you hear did you ever read the comments people were saying about, you know, you and what you were doing? Did you did you get uh, absorbed did you absorb all that or did you just uh, avoid it? Did you hear things like, oh, now he went from corn to candy corn or like what kind of shit <laughs> did you go through like hearing it? Oh, all kinds of it. It was Did I it mean, hurt? But some of it, of like course. one guy, one guy said, uh, "I I wish he would have died on meth rather than define Christianity." And I was like, "Oh, that's nice." Oh, yeah, it's just ignorant. And uh, yeah, it's just stupid. But uh, but shock I, value. It's all it is. Shock value. Yeah, it hurt, man. Some so I stopped reading the comments because it hurt too bad. You know, Even, yeah. Because like you'd have ten good ones and one horrible you one. Look at that would, one, and it would like sting you. It's Isn't like a something? dart. It's like a dart in your emotions. You yeah. Know? Uh. All right. That was uh, that was amazing. A Thank dart. you for allowing me to be in what a dart. I said a dart in your emotions. Why not a knife? I call like, cigarettes darts. Really? Are you guys going out to smoke a dart? <laughs> you never heard that? <laughs> no, that must be some Indiana shit. I think it was. <laughs> well, you should know, Janaea. Brian, Janaea, thank you for allowing me to be inside of you today. Thank you. Oh, weird. Well, that's the show. Yes. It's called Inside of You. Oh, thank you. Still. <laughs> <laughs> That was intense, man. That was an intense freaking interview. And when they cried, I was like, oh, shit. And he's like, way to go, Rosenbaum. And I'm like, fuck. I just, I don't know what it is, man. I just, I have a sensitivity to me. I, I, I feel where someone's going. And I, I just knew that I see her eyes welling up. And I'm like, oh, no, I got to back off. But I wasn't, I don't think I was too much. I was just talking. Yeah. I think they really enjoyed it. And that's what I like at the end. They're like, hey, thank you for opening up. And thank you for, you know, it felt comfortable. And that made me feel good. Did you like it? Yeah, that was, uh, it was riveting. It really was. I was just, I was floored. <laughs> By the way, next week is the first video. Uh-huh. So th- this is it. I mean, next week you guys are going to hear a guest that I think you're going to really enjoy. And uh, great job, Ryan, for the first editing job. And it's uh, he's been working his ass off. And, you know, we don't pay him that much here. 
Uh, I thought we were, but uh, apparently his hours are longer than uh, he's a perfectionist, but we're working on ways to minimize his work. If you like the editing, let Ryan know. And, um, you know, we're thinking of different ways of doing things, but uh, your input always helps. You're going to say something, Ryan? No. You weren't. No, you I, was, like you did. no I was literally just thinking about, oh, we got a lot of, I got to think about the next one I got to work oh, on. <laughs> shit. I know. It's all going to pay off. I think so. I, you know, the more successful this podcast becomes, uh, you know, I, you know, I just want to uh, be able to uh, keep doing it, man. But you know, you got to pay people like Ryan, who's a super talent. So, hey, a big shout out to all my patrons. Uh, right, real quick, uh, these are the the top tiers. Who, uh, you know, I love you all, but these guys give a lot of money, man. So, I mean. Every cent is a lot of money. To give anything is a lot of money, but uh, I really appreciate the support, and it helps pay guys like Ryan, right? What? Um, Allison L, Andrew C, Angelina G Lee, Barry L, love him. Bob, believe it or not, Bobby, Bortex, Chris Dion K, Emily K, Emily S, Emma. H, Jason D, Jason W, don't get those fuckers confused, Jerry W, Jill E, Kevin R, Kristen K, Lauren G, Lee S, hi Lee, or Leah, just kidding, Mark A, Michael S, Nancy D, Nico P, Raj, my Raj, Robert B, Sarah V, Scott B, Sean W, Tiana, Trisha, you want to say this with me, you Kiko. I love you, Kiko. So uh, I want to thank all the uh, all the patrons for really um, hooking it up, who uh, sponsor the show or subscribe to the show and give extra money. And you get a, b- a bunch of good stuff. And those top tiers are going to be getting a little care package here soon. Um, we got a Q and, Q&A with me I'm doing this week. Just a lot of good stuff. Um, and they're very in- insightful, and they get a lot of input. They, they get to you know ask questions to guests sometimes and blah, blah, blah. Uh, All right, I'll be in Richmond, or yes, I'll be in Richmond this weekend, coming up. Um, I'll be in Mexico in March. Look up on the the socials. Uh, Make sure you subscribe. Please, guys, I say it all the time, but it really helps. If you're listening and you know 10 people, make them subscribe. Uh, The live podcast in Austin, Texas with Zach Levi, my first live podcast. Please come support me. Let's get a sold-out show. Let's have a great time. You know I'm going to do it. I'm going to work it. And make sure you go to insideofyoulive.com. You can also go to marginwalkerpresents.com. $25 tickets. Get them now. Early bird special. Me and Zachary Levi. We're going to do some fun stuff. And uh, so there's that. Um, And I'm doing Stage It next weekend. So make sure you go watch that live. Um, Listen to some music with Jason Manns and myself. A little left on Laurel Music and everything else. If you feel like uh, donating to uh, Ronald McDonald House of Los Angeles or any Ronald McDonald House or Echoes of Hope for foster youth or Food on Foot for homeless. Uh, they're always welcoming that. You know what I mean? You know what? Why don't we um, end this with a little fan letter? This is from Natalie. Hey, Michael. This might get, a, get long, but I promise it's worth the read. Uh, I came across your podcast in November 2019. I was looking for something new to put on while I worked. I bounced around a lot of episodes, thoroughly enjoying every story that came to me from you and your guests. I got hooked pretty quick. However, I avoided Jennifer Love Hewitt episode. I avoided it like kryptonite for two months. She's quite possibly always been one of my favorite people, so it was hard to stay away. The reason I did was that I lost my mother. Her name is Kathy, and it'll be three years. In May. Sorry, Natalie. Since she's been gone, she took her own life after several different failed attempts over the course of what seemed to be rapid six months. 
I knew that I would have to save Jennifer's episode for when I needed a good cry. The good day came a month before my 30th birthday. Mom always made a huge deal about all our birthdays starting a month out, so I... I could feel that I needed a cry coming anyway. Even though I was at work, I took a deep breath and I hit play. I'm not exaggerating when I say that. I did my work in tears once she started talking about her mom. I had to try not to ugly cry when Jennifer spoke about getting the call. My younger sister was the one to find our mom like she did and ended up being the one to call me. The rest feels like a blur. Through somehow I made it through the flight there. I remember a good amount of everything. 600 people showed up to her viewing. 600 people who loved her. We're all healing in our own ways. I had a little baby girl in May. Our son plays hockey and loves it. Knowing our daughter will never meet my mom is hard. My mom and our story is a topic I could discuss for days if you let me, so I'll stop here for now. I just want to say a huge thank you for always being so candid on mental health, Michael. My mom would have loved you. I hope I can somehow help others the way you do one day. Also, a thank you to Jennifer Love Hewitt. She helped me realize that it's okay to still grieve even after a long time. There's no time stamp on grief, and I'm going to take my time with this. If you do end up... Reading this on the podcast, which I am, thank you to the listeners for sticking through this long email. Hug your parents, your spouses, significant others, kids, fur babies, plant babies. Hug everyone as long as they're cool with it. And just know you're not alone. Happiness can be found even in the darkest of times if one only remembers to turn on the light. That was Dumbledore who said that. Best wishes, Natalie. Natalie, thank you. That's a great way to end the podcast. Um, thanks for being so strong and sharing such a personal story with us. And uh, you guys, I appreciate you more than you know. I don't even think you know how much I appreciate you. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for allowing me to be inside all of you. From uh, Ryan Tejas and myself. That's me. We'll see you soon. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was the three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.